0: Welcome to this very special edition of uh, Favorite Things with Mark. Uh, so, just a heads up, we have got a four-legged visitor with us. So, if you yeah. hear barking, uh, general pandemonium, it's just <laughs> our four-legged visitor. Um, He's a good boy, so. Yeah, the best boy. <laughs> um, so, this week... Um, we're talking about licensed to kill. So what did what did you think right, right off the bat? Well, I really didn't watch it. Okay. So I just the little Fair bit enough. the little bit I saw that I was confused by it because I had no clue what was going on. Okay. So I so made donuts instead. It, it's all right. <laughs> let me uh, let me share my my thoughts on the movie and then we'll get into the plot. So let's let's be start off positive. Okay. Um I really think that Timothy Dalton had a chance to Uh, show off some of the more sinister side of Bond. He got to show a little depth. He was also uh, somehow charming in the role. I really enjoyed him in this. Um, Robert Davi is a fantastic villain, uh, both in this and in The Goonies. (laughs) Um, there's There's a good amount of weight and stakes in this Bond movie that isn't really felt in a lot of the other movies um and now I'll on that same note get into the bad uh until it doesn't uh it has stakes until it doesn't um spoilers for the movie we're about to talk about but james bond's best friend is half eaten by a shark and then it uh and has his new bride murdered uh on their wedding night and at the end, he is all smiles and That's and weird. just yeah, it's it's very weird. Um, totally, this movie's all over the place. Um, it really doesn't feel like its own movie. It feels like four or five uh, movies from the '80s or even TV series. It's it's not the worst Bond movie. That title in my mind still goes to Diamonds Are Forever, but uh-huh. it's not it's not great. Um, And, and it's really sad. This, this movie is the end of Timothy Dalton's career as James Bond. And that makes me sad because I really enjoy him. Uh, But there's a lot of ridiculousness uh, from this movie. And I hope (laughs) there we go. We've got hissing going on in the background and it's not Betsy. All right. All right. So, uh, with that hissing, uh, let's get right into the plot of License to Kill. So right off the bat, we get a new Bond theme by Michael Kamen. Uh, Michael Kamen, if you don't know, did uh, a lot of the musical scores of the 80s action movies that you may be familiar with. Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, uh, even into the 90s, things like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Uh, the music's all done by Michael Kamen, and he's a phenomenal uh composer, and conductor, I don't care for him uh, doing this film. Okay. Uh, So uh, right off the bat, in my notes, I say, Michael Kamen, Bond theme, I don't like. (laughs) Uh, So we go into the movie. There's a surveillance jet flying over the Bahamas. Uh, We come into a limousine where... Uh, James Bond, Felix Leiter, and uh, their friend Sharky are in a limo on their way to a wedding. Uh, On the path, the Coast Guards, uh, they come in on a chopper and grab Felix, and Bond tags along. Uh, Sharky says, well, what am I going to tell Adela? We find out that Robert Davi is playing drug dealer slash drug lord uh, Sanchez. Uh, And he is heralded as the bad guy of this film with a Spanish guitar because you needed a musical (laughs) cue to know that this man who breaks into a scene and has his girlfriend's lover murdered off screen. uh, We needed a musical cue to know that he was the bad guy. (laughs) Uh, Oh my. Uh, Anyhow, he, breaks in talia soto is playing his lover in this uh and uh after having her uh side piece uh murdered he whips her within an inch of her life and then he takes off uh in a plane uh bond gets into a gunfight at the airfield and then we get into a helicopter plane chase uh where felix bond uh uh, Felix and Bond are chasing the plane in the helicopter, and uh, honestly, it's kind of a slow uh, chase for a for a chase scene. <laughs> um, I think it's because uh, to use the logic of uh, from the movie The Aviator, there are no clouds to give reference, so it's just too slow. Two vehicles that are in actuality probably moving very fast, but it seems like they're moving very slow. Yeah um uh bond hooks onto a winch and jumps onto the plane and ties it to the tail of the plane and this is how they capture sanchez and then uh bond and felix parachute into the wedding (laughs) and we go into the opening titles that you've just heard of "License to kill by gladys knight uh and i enjoy this song uh I enjoyed it back when it was uh, called Goldfinger. And uh, (laughs) so, fun note, uh, I don't know all the details, but I've heard that the writers of this song were and performers were actually sued by the writers of Goldfinger because they actually sampled the horns from that song. Ah. Same franchise, uh, different songwriters, and, uh, well. It didn't uh, go too well for them. Who won? I don't know. Oh. Uh, honestly, I I don't care. It's kind of like me suing you because you said something that we came up with together. Uh, anyhow, uh, as soon as we come out of the License to Kill titles, uh, we find Sanchez being interrogated uh, by the feds, uh, including Agent Ed Killifer. Uh, yes, Killifer is a name, apparently. <laughs> Uh, it's not the laziest writing that 007 has seen, but it is certainly not the most creative. Um, Sanchez says that he is, uh, offering $2 million for his release and everybody in the room kind of double takes each other. Like, well, are you going to take the money? I'm not going to take the money. I'm thinking about taking the money. I'm not going to take the money. Uh, all of this happens non-verbally, but we read it in a series of quick takes between each other. Um, In the meantime, we zoom over to Felix Leiter's uh, wedding reception uh, where Bond meets Pam. Uh, We'll find out who Pam is shortly. uh, Reporting to Felix as he is in his office during his wedding reception. uh, Unhealthy uh, work-home ethic. Uh, That's not going to interfere with anything in the next few minutes. Anyhow... (laughs) Uh, San- Sanchez is taken away in an armored car. Uh, Bond receives a lighter from Felix, uh, or as Roger Moore would call it back in uh, Live and Let Die, a genuine Felix lighter. <laughs> um, meanwhile, on the really long bridge from True Lies, uh Killifer for uh, Spring Sanchez, uh, and they get away in an underwater uh, sled that we'll see again. Uh, we get a reference to Tracy Bond because uh, Felix's wife is like, Oh, James, here's the garter. The person who gets this is going to get married next. And he goes, No. And then she throws it at him anyway. <laughs> um, and she's like, What's the matter with him? And he's like, Well, that was kind of weird that you did that when no one else was around. And Sorry. then uh, <laughs> it's all right. Don't weird out about it. It's fine. If you don't weird out about it, yeah. they won't weird out about it. Uh, we just had a dog chase a cat. It's it's not weird at all. And I tried to stop him and it made it worse. Come here, boys. Yeah. I tried to stop him and it made it worse. The Betsy Burdetta. <laughs> See? Yeah. No, I got this. I okay. got this from here. <laughs> Anyhow. Uh, continuing on with our recording. <laughs> Calm down, bud. Yeah, I'll close that door. Uh, that made me lose my place. Sorry. All right. So it's really weird uh, the way Felix's uh, new wife talks about Bond and and that, and she was really forward with him at the uh, at the uh, wedding reception too. She was really forward with everybody, actually. So <laughs> it's it's a little weird, anyhow. Uh. So anyhow, uh, <laughs> sorry, I lost my place. Uh, we meet Milton Crest, played by Anthony Zerbe, who is coordinating with Sanchez and Killifer, uh, co-conspirators, if you will. And uh, at this point, uh, Felix and Della, his bride, are attacked by uh, men under Sanchez's control. Uh Felix is brought in blindfolded into this warehouse uh, where we meet a very young Benicio del Toro, who is absolutely creepy as a henchman in this film. Uh, I've got his name later on in my notes, uh, but we find out that uh, it's strongly alluded to that something bad happened to Della. Felix is half fed to a shark in a very graphic scene. Uh, And uh, the next day, Bond is at the airport when he hears a report that, oh, this really big drug dealer uh, got away. And he immediately rushes to his friend's uh, beachside condo, finds out that uh, Felix's bride, Della, is dead and Felix is half dead. On his chest is a note that says he disagreed with something that ate him. And even though they did something cruel and sadistic to Felix, it's kind of funny. (laughs) <laughs> um. Yes, I'm that twisted. Uh, we find out at the hospital that um, Felix has lost a, l- a leg below the knee. And uh, if he's lucky, he'll get to keep his arm. So this whole scene where he is half eaten by a shark, a note is left on him, and he loses a leg, is actually from the James Bond novels. Uh, in the novel of uh, Live and Let Die... Uh, Felix is partnered with Bond in New York. And while investigating at this warehouse, uh, after Bond has already investigated it, Felix is tortured and they attempt to kill him. And he actually loses an arm and he loses part of a leg. Mm -hmm. And then he survives as he does in this film and proceeds to, in the rest of the novel, show up with a wooden leg and a wooden arm. Uh he's none the worse for wear, but it it's a scar that sticks with him. Yeah. And this movie the guy loses a leg and part of an arm, and we'll talk about it a little later, seems totally fine with it. (laughs) And not to mention the fact that his bride was murdered on their wedding night. Yeah. Uh, we've already brought that up once. It will come up again. (laughs) Um So at this point in the film, Bond is out for revenge. Uh, He investigates the warehouse that Felix was tortured in. Uh, After being brushed away by Milton Crest, Bond and Sharky approach at night. Uh, Bond finds the drugs hidden in a big vat of fake worms. Uh, I think they were supposed to be real worms in the movie, but they were obviously fake worms. (laughs) Uh, He gets in a gunfight with security killifer gets the drop on bond and then bond drops killifer into a sharp tank uh and that's uh somehow more graphic than when felix is half eaten uh m meets bond at the hemingway house and buddy you need to calm down um M comes in and he is just non that bond has decided to take things personally, even though in every movie bond has taken things personally. <laughs> uh, when bond demands to be able to continue doing uh, what he's doing. Uh, and M says, no bond tenders his resignation. And M has a great line. He goes, this is not a country club. You don't just get to quit whenever you want. <laughs> your license to kill has been revoked. Uh, it's important to be noted at this point, the original title they were considering for this film was license revoked, but they didn't want audiences getting confused with this being some sort of movie about driving school or driver's licenses. (laughs) Um, so they went with license to kill, Uh, M telling bond the lighter business getting out of hand uh bond tries to quit license kill revoked uh he goes to escape and m has snipers up in a nest like ready to kill bond oh wow and bond gets away getting shot at uh and they're about to continue firing at bond and m says no there are too many people around and i'm like dead gum uh, I would have uh, sent a letter in and not gone into work uh, <laughs> and disappeared. Anyhow, uh, that evening, Bond infiltrates uh, crest ship. He's met by Lupe, uh, which is Sanchez's uh, lover that he whipped earlier in the film. As bond is attempting to escape. He sees that Sharky has been killed and captured and he's just strung up like a fish on the uh, fisherman boat that is coming to Crest ship. And at this point, it's just, it's escalating violence. Uh, Bond was attempting to get revenge for one death and now another death has happened. Mm. Um, Bond kills the man who brought Sharky in with a spear gun uh, and steals all of his scuba gear. He sabotages the drug sub, fights Crest's frogmen underwater, and then escapes on a seaplane. He gets away with Sanchez's money and heads off to south of the border. Uh, but first he learns that Pam Bouvier, uh, is Felix's sole surviving imp- informant. Uh, Pam was the woman that Bond met in Felix's office earlier in the film. Uh, and, up to this point the movie has been trying to be miami vice it's very much about the drug trade and south american uh cocaine smuggling and now uh we get a roadhouse uh my notes here say that this movie is trying to be every 80s movie uh we have roadhouse lethal weapon and miami vice Uh, why not one more uh so we get a big bar fight just all over the place. Uh, Benicio del Toro's name is Dario, and he is just a psychopath. Uh, and he will play this role fantastically in every movie from here on out in his career. Just the crazy, creepy guy. Uh, Bond and Pam escape on a boat, but not before Pam gets shot in the back. Oh, uh but she's wearing a bulletproof vest, and oh. <laughs> Lord knows that stops any and all damage as long as you get <laughs> shot in the designated good guy area. Yeah. Never mind that it would hurt a lot. And as their boat dies because they're out of uh, fuel and they're out in the middle of the ocean, uh, Bond and Pam don't let that get in the way. They get it on. Was she the girl with the short hair? Yes, okay. she started off with kind of a a sh- shorter. Haircut wig, and then she goes to her okay. natural hair. Um, the haircut she'll have when she first starts is an ADA on Law and Order. Mm. Anyhow, meanwhile in London, Money Penny, Money Penny is just bawling. Her eyes are just <laughs> dripping wet, and Emma's like, "Shut up!" He tried to quit. He was betraying our government. And she's like, I, "I'm just worried about James." And so she calls Cube uh, because that's what she does. And then we go to the fictional Isthmus City, which is a stand-in for Mexico City because we don't want to offend anybody who's letting us film in their area. Uh, Bond checks into his fancy suite because he cannot travel low-key. He, he has to be just bawling out. Wherever he goes, just best of everything. Caviar, he pays like $300 to the doorman to have flowers every morning in his room. <laughs> I'm like, golly, Bond, just low-key for once, low-key, just for once. Uh, Bond uh, is going to set himself up as a high roller. Uh, in the meantime, Sanchez is showing his investors around. Yes, drug dealers have investors. That's how they're able to keep making drugs. Uh, <laughs> we are introduced to Wayne Note- Wayne Newton as Professor Joe who is the head of the cover uh, for the drug trafficking that Sanchez is doing in Isthmus. Um, Bond scouts out Sanchez's office. Q is waiting in Bond's suite. Uh, Bond tells Pam to leave with Q and uh, Q sets Bond up with just the right gadgets uh, to do an assassination attempt because What Bond needs right now is just, you know, he's angry. He's seeing red. He's filled with bloodlust. And you know what someone needs at that point? The tools to do it. The tools to do it. You've got a friend. They've had a bad day. Their boss is just riding their back and just won't quit. You know what they need? A shotgun and keys to their boss's office. No. What they need at this point is a cool head to say, hey, man, hey, You need to calm down. You need to cool off. You need to think clearly and do this the right way. But uh, Q, being the consummate enabler, just sets Bond up with the absolute tools he needs to kill Sanchez. Will he succeed? We'll find out in a moment when we return. And we're back. As Bond sets off to assassinate Sanchez, we see that he is being tracked. Uh, he sets up the Dentonite toothpaste that Q has given him, along with the uh, really big camera that's also a sniper rifle, when it would have just been easier to have the sniper rifle. Uh he is set up, he blows the window, and is about to shoot Sanchez when he's interrupted by ninjas. Because you know what other 80s staple we needed? Ninjas. <laughs> oh my gosh, this movie has it all. And it's just like that ice cream sundae with Tabasco sauce and french fries. Exactly what you wanted. I'd say have after- been Without the Tabasco sauce, yeah, I would try that. And guacamole. All right. Because <laughs> we needed one more one more yeah. thing here. Uh, back at a safe house bond is interrogated by MI6 and Hong Kong Narcotics. Uh, because uh, ninjas are from China. No, they're not. <laughs> um, and at this point, uh, Sanchez has the entire Isthmus Army come in and... Uh, just blow up the place. Uh, Sanchez frees Bond, kills the intervening agents, uh, including a nameless MI6 agent. Bond wakes up at Sanchez's uh, drug palace, uh, and Bond presents to uh, buddy up to Sanchez, uh, even going so far as to tell Sanchez, hey, I'm former British secret agent. Uh, I'm not on the best terms, but... I noticed these guys checking you out. I figured I figured it best to take care of the other guys. Sanchez is like, oh, that's very interesting. And in the meantime, his right-hand man comes in and says, hey, you're never going to believe who this guy is. He goes, British secret agent? And he goes, how'd you know that? He goes, I know everything. In the meantime, uh, Pam and Bond sneak money aboard uh, Crest's ship. Uh, to frame him for uh, effectively laundering money from Sanchez. (laughs) Uh, So Bond's tactic at this point in the movie is he is going to turn Sanchez's empire against each other. He's going to turn everyone on each other, like just rats trying to escape a sinking ship. And we'll find out how successful he is here in a bit. (laughs) Um, But uh, Sanchez comes on board, finds the money, and kills Crest just in the most graphic way possible. Uh, Was this when I walked in? Yep. All right, yeah. And he literally blows him up. Yeah, it was very, very disturbing. So, interesting fact in the movie Star Trek Insurrection, uh, Anthony Zerbe uh, is killed in a very similar way. (laughs) Uh, Same actor different movies almost 20 years apart and just same thing happens. That's funny. Anyhow. uh, Disturbingly funny. uh, Bond gets back to the drug palace before Sanchez does. uh, And uh, he's able to fake, Hey, what happened? He's like, Oh no, we took care of the leak. Here's some extra money. Uh, In the meantime, Lupe comes on to James, and James is like, uh oh, things didn't go well for the last person she came on to. (laughs) Uh, Sanchez and company go to uh, what I'm affectionately calling the drug factory, uh, that they're calling the meditation center. Uh, They're fusing gasoline and cocaine for smuggling. Dario walks in and recognizes Bond, even though Bond's wearing a mask. Uh, In the meantime, Pam has snuck into the facility as a potential proselytite and professor Joe Wayne Newton comes onto her. And I like to think this is just Wayne Newton's side gig. Professor Joe is just another name. He has, he was <laughs> Wayne Newton playing Wayne Newton. Oh. <laughs> uh, but she pulls a gun on him and takes his keys. And he says the same thing he says every time anyone says anything "Well, bless your heart. <laughs> uh, Bond is able to set the lab on fire. Uh, and Sanchez has the four tankers take off, uh, and Sanchez just is becoming more and more unhinged. And, uh, at this point, uh, Dario tries to kill Bond and, uh, he gets pulled into a shredder and this movie is just full of graphic deaths. This is the first PG 13 James Bond movie and they used every bit of it. Um, I'm glad I didn't (laughs) sit down and watch this one with you. Oh, it's okay. This, as far as violence goes, this is as violent as any of them get. Uh, The others will have more violent concepts, but this is the most you will ever actually see in a Bond film. Um, So, in the meantime, Bond has continued just spreading distrust about uh, Sanchez's lieutenants, including his right-hand man, Heller, and the money man, uh, who I forget his name it's not important. He's Jimmy from Seinfeld who talks about himself in the third person. Okay. Jimmy always does that. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, Bond and Pam escape, uh, after finding that Sanchez has murdered Heller by running him through with a forklift, uh. just horrible. Uh, as the Institute explodes, Bond jumps in a plane to get the tankers. Uh, and at this point, Let's see. We've been through Lethal Weapon, Miami Vice, Roadhouse, uh, American Ninja. Uh, now we get into Steven Spielberg's Duel, and we're just we're running down every possible '80s film imaginable, and none of the moments are hitting the highs of any of those movies. Uh, Bond jumps out of the plane onto the tanker. Steals the tanker uh, and is then dueling, wink, wink, Steven Spielberg, uh, with the <laughs> others. Uh, he puts uh, the tanker up on one side, which is nine wheels, if my count is correct, <laughs> uh, to avoid being shot by a Stinger missile. Uh, Bond eliminates all but one of the tankers. Uh, Sanchez kills the money man. And all of this leads to a horrible, horrible wreck where Bond and Sa- Sanchez face off Mono y Mono both bloody bruised and covered in gasoline and then Bond just sets Sanchez on fire and <laughs> blows him up with lighter's lighter with the genuine Felix lighter <laughs> um it's it's so graphic <laughs> uh-huh. uh, the movie ends after this you're like man all this horrific death we're going to get to this point where Bond is able to go to his his friend Felix and go, Felix, it's all right. Della can rest in peace now. All, all debts are paid. It's over. No, he calls Felix up and Felix is like, hey, James, it's great that you're having a party down there. It's, uh, it's good to hear from you. <laughs> and it's like, what is going on, man? Are you high? Did you get some of Sanchez's product? <laughs> What's going on? saw the morphine from the hospital and lose his leg (laughs) or something. But the movie ends with Lupe coming on to James as, as Pam comes by and Pam is just so jealous. She runs away crying, even though she and bond have had a strained relationship at best where he says sexist stuff. Like it's a man world man's world down South. And, (laughs) and all she had to do was say, please. But she didn't. She went, Okay. And just, oh my gosh. It's, uh, then instead of staying with Lupe, Bond goes, well, I'll go to Pam because she seems needier. And uh, <laughs> Lupe, I guess you can be with the Isthmus, the corrupt Isthmus president. And you guys will make a great couple. <laughs> he then jumps into a pool with Pam. And the movie ends with a winking fish. A winking fish. A winking concrete fish. Yes. So this is how... This is how Timothy Dalton's tenure as Bond ends. This is how um, John Glenn, the director of For Your Eyes Only, Octopussy, A View to a Kill, Living Daylights, and this film, his tenure ends with this shot. And then a cheesy 80s love song. (laughs) It's disappointing. This movie... Oh, the... There's great bones for this story. A James Bond revenge film just could be epic. And in about 20 years from this film, we're going to get an epic James Bond revenge story that thematically drives through the fact that Bond needs to get this. He needs to achieve the vengeance. It, it, it is so elemental to who he is. It, it will drive him to do things he would never do. And we're going to get that film with Daniel Craig's quantum of solace. We don't really get that here. Uh-huh. James Bond is totally in and, and ready to kill everyone until he's not. Yeah. And it hurts the movie. It, it hurts the movie so bad and it's all over the place. And I really wanted to love this one. I adore, I absolutely love living daylights. And for this one to not be, that was so hard. <laughs> it's not the worst James Bond movie, but it's, it's down there. It's, I'd put yeah. this in the bottom third. Yeah. Well, every time I stepped in, it, it was one of those horrifying death scenes. I was just like, Nope, I can't do this one. So, uh, this ends Timothy Dalton's uh, tenure as Bond. It It's hard to say that, that Dalton is my absolute favorite Bond because he didn't really, I don't feel like he got a fair shake uh, yeah. all around. Um, but I did uh, shortly after watching this film, go back and watch his next film that came out. Uh, I believe it was his next film. I think he had actually two that were pretty close to each other. Both were done by Disney or Touchstone Pictures. Um, one was Brenda Starr, which is a fun watch. If you ever get a chance, it's based on a cr- comic book. Have I seen it? Maybe, uh, I'll find it at some point. We'll watch okay. it. It's cheesy fun. It's cheesy pulp fun. It's, it's stupid, dumb, <laughs> wonderful. Uh, and then there's the Rocketeer, which is one of my favorite movies, uh, from 1991. And it's just, it never got to do, that it needed to achieve to to become one of the great all time Disney classics. It's a cult classic, but it's never taken off as one of the all time classics, and it's a shame. It is just as entertaining in twenty twenty to watch as it was in nineteen ninety one. Yeah. Uh, if you have Disney Plus, it is it is free to watch in HD, and it is it is two hours of fun. It is two hours of adventure. It is two hours of pulp sto- storytelling, and Timothy Dalton is. Fantastic in that movie. Mm. Um, it's it's a different turn after James yeah. Bond, and he looks like he's having the time of his life doing it. <laughs> uh, I highly recommend that one. Um, fun fact: Had a third Timothy Dalton Bond film been made, he would not have gotten to do that. Um, yeah, he would not have gotten to play that role, and the movie would have suffered for it. And so ultimately I'm glad that Dalton didn't get to continue on because he got to make the Rocketeer, which I adore even today. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that third bond movie would have been like. Uh, The rumors are it would have taken place in Hong Kong. It would have been different tonally than License to kill, probably closer to uh, living daylights. Um, But because of lawsuits, uh, License to kill, not really making enough money. All of this stuff, it just it constantly got put on the back burner. And James Bond, kind of everything went against it. Another bad thing that happened, culturally speaking, for James Bond stories was the Cold War ended. The Iron Curtain fell. How do you tell a James Bond story without the Soviet Union? Yeah. We're going to find out next week. When we talk about the first Pierce Brosnan James Bond film, Goldeneye. And what does it look like in a post-Soviet Union world for James Bond to exist? Oh, that'd be interesting. Yes, we will talk about that and more next week with Goldeneye. I hope you'll join us. Bye.